0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. happy friday friends so glad to have you back this week here at where faith grows this week i had the great pleasure of talking virtually with jenny mays creator of the my favorite life blog and we got to talk all about adoption her story and what life can be like living in the messy middle jenny lives in northeast missouri with her husband and three children jenny and her husband nathan are pursuing adoption for their fourth child Jenny works full-time outside the home in administration at a local Bible college. She's very involved in her church serving as a leader and piano player on the worship team and serving alongside her husband in leading small groups and small group leaders. Jenny has a passion to see moms live a life of freedom and joy and ditch the overwhelm that often comes with motherhood. She runs a mom blog that is all about spreading this message to moms through tips, resources, and encouragement to ditch the overwhelm and make this their favorite life. Her social media and Facebook group are often full of encouragement for moms through the ups and downs that come with life. I am so excited to share this episode with you. This episode is a virtual interview, so thank you in advance for hanging in there as I continue to learn the technological finesse of distanced interviews. But Jenny's story is so worth the listen. I love technology that we got to connect all the way from Tennessee to Missouri. Jenny shares her story of adoption with transparency and vulnerability. We all can learn from her incredible faith in the waiting, her steadfast hope in the future, and her ability to take each moment as it comes with love, grace, and strength. Without further ado, here's my chat with the amazing Jenny Mays. welcome to the show. Thank you. So before we jump right into all these questions, tell me just a little bit about yourself and about your family. Okay.
1: Um, I have three children, ages 13, 11, and 7. So I've been married for 15 years. Seems crazy. (laughs) Seems like it's not even possible, but my oldest is almost 14. So it's possible. <laughs> it <is> possible yeah. And <laughs> yeah. um, so I live in a teeny tiny town in Northeast Missouri. Grew up around close to that area most of my life. So um, yeah, that's just a teeny bit about me. My husband and I met in Bible college. We were in Bible college together
0: and the rest is history. no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Cool did you guys meet at the Bible? You work at a I Bible do. college. I should have prefaced that. Did you meet at the Bible college we you did, work at? We did actually, yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: so <laughs> yes. And we both work at that Bible college right now, actually. I, oh, I didn't work as yes, to a teacher. I work in the administration office and he is an instructor. He's a professor. So. That's
0: amazing. Whenever you said you guys live in Missouri, all I think about is cold and snow. There is that
1: cold and snow. There's lots of humidity in the summer and in the winter. So it makes for really, really hot in the summer and it makes it feel really, really cold in the winter. (laughs)
0: My husband and I were literally just saying that I think I could go my entire life and never see snow again and be just fine. (laughs) Like I, I am not a snow person. I would probably live in Florida. Me too, actually. I am a summer person. I'm a summer girl all the way. Well, and you've done Missouri your whole life now. So maybe you were like ready for no more snow.
1: (laughs) Maybe so. Yeah. Some people say, you know, you just got to get used to the cold when people move here or whatever.
0: I'm like, you don't get used to the cold. (laughs) You're like that's a really funny joke because it is always going to be feeling cold. (laughs) Tell us about your blog.
1: So my blog is called My Favorite Life. Started it not quite two years ago, Um, and it's all about my message. My you know what I like to share with people. It's a mom blog. It's focused mostly towards moms. Anyone can read it, but you know my message is kind of more directed towards moms and ditching the overwhelm of life, because as moms, often right. we just get, let ourselves get overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, life is, yes. life is busy. Life is super busy. I know that just as well as any other mom, but overwhelmed in a sense, can be a choice, you know, like we just, uh, yeah, that yeah. self-talk to ourselves or just, we just let all those things pile up and get to us, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I lived, I yeah, <laughs> I lived there for a while, like, uh, I mean, so I will come home sometimes um, and just bawl my eyes out to my husband because I I felt like a terrible wife because, um, I, you know, I was doing similar things that I'm doing now, working full time. And I just felt like I couldn't keep my home clean or I couldn't do this. or I,
0: yeah. I wasn't
1: with my children enough, um, so I wasn't a good enough mom. You know, I just had all this. I felt like I needed to be super mom, super woman. <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> <We Yes. do. laughs>
1: so I put a lot of pressure on myself and it was a very overwhelming season and really not fun, you know, cause I just wasn't able to enjoy life. Um, sure. And so I really started the blog to kind of get the message out there that, even if you're a busy mom, I'm a busy mom. I'm still a busy mom. Like that part hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's not yeah. going anywhere.
1: <laughs> but um, I ha- I do feel like I have learned some practical things that have helped me not be so overwhelmed. That have helped my home stay a little bit cleaner. Um, helped me be able to, you know, manage some practical things. Um, I'm a practical yeah. person, so that we're like I need mean, practical things, mm-hmm. not just in your head things. Um, so, I feel like I do have some tips there that I can share with people. And then I love to encourage other moms, you know, that it's going to be okay and you're going to make it yes. through this. this seems it okay. Yes. And just encouraging people to, no matter what life looks like right now, finding a way to enjoy life right now, not waiting till your kids are older or not waiting till they're out of the house, you know, like, oh, I can have my time or. I'll, you know, right. finally be able to take a breath or be able to enjoy life when such and such happens. You know, um, learning yeah. to yes. make it my favorite life right now. So that's where the name of my blog came from, um, and just yeah, living, living today, making it your the best life that you can have. So
0: I love that message so much because well, I have a one-year-old as right? you know. <laughs> and. Yeah, I'm kind of in yes. that season, you know, I'm like, I'm going to figure out what the balance is, like, how do I do this and also be a mom and also have a job and also, well, right. you get it, all things. I'm a, I was telling you this right before we started this interview, I am such a checklist person, like I'm so type A. And I think that's where a lot of the overwhelm comes from for a lot of us sometimes is we have this like internal checklist of things we think have to get done. Right to make us feel successful for that day. And, you know, a lot of times it, it does. doesn't happen. Yes. <laughs> Half yep. of it might not even happen. And then it's like, I'm yep. a failure. <laughs> So yeah, I get that. And I love your mission. It so speaks to me in this season and I'm sure many moms in many yeah. seasons. Well, yeah. And
1: especially when they're little like yours, you know, that's when you happen to have eyes on them. Every second, you know, mine are now a little bit older, and so if they're in the other room being quiet, I don't have to necessarily think, Oh no, what's going wrong? (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. if mine is quiet, it's because he's eating fireplace rocks. So, yeah, (laughs) so the main theme of our talk today to fill everybody in who's listening is that we're talking about adoption and kind of like this idea of the messy middle. So I want to get into that a little bit um, and talk about your road so far in adoption. Like why, what made you guys feel called to adopt? And then why do you think you guys felt that way? I want to hear a little bit about the backstory.
1: Okay. Well, the backstory starts with my husband was adopted as a young child oh, cool. from South Korea. And so that's one part of the story. And I personally had a desire to adopt since I was in high school, I would say. I don't remember the exact moment. Wow. Yeah, I've just always had a desire um, to adopt a child someday, how, you know, however that worked out um, in my life. So yeah. even, I mean, before we got married or by the time we got married, for sure, we both knew that we wanted that to be yeah. part of how we grew our family. Which to some, that can actually be a little bit surprising. My husband was adopted since he was adopted. Sometimes adopted children, like that's not, don't <laughs> yes, <mind. laughs> they have just the trauma that's in their life or maybe they feel like they had a difficult, you know, upbringing or, you know, there's just too much trauma sure. involved in that, that they don't, they can't turn around or don't want to turn around.
0: They go to the other yeah. extreme. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, but that is something that he wanted to do um, in his life, too. He wanted to be able, we can't, you know, we can't provide a home. We can't provide better circumstances for every single child in the world. Um, Right.
0: You need a really big house. (laughs) But we can provide a home
1: for a child or um, however many God asks us to bring into our home, you know, we can, we can do that. And so, so we knew when we got married that that's something we wanted in our family. It was just kind of a matter of, you know, when do we start right off the bat? That's how we want to grow our family or wait a little bit. And we decided we were going to wait. We thought, we thought we would, we've always wanted to have at least four children. Um, And... We thought maybe our third child we would adopt because my husband's idea or thought, you know, was like we plan for the third one and then maybe have naturally have a fourth one. Then that third one is in the middle of everything, you know, not like the last child, although we were done having (laughs) after that. We were done having children, so then we decided to adopt kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But we got to about the time we thought we wanted to have another child. Um our third child around, and it just wasn't uh, the right timing. We didn't feel like God was releasing us. There were financial constraints because adoption is not sure. cheap. Uh, it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. <laughs> lots and lots of fees. You get lots and lots of fees. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we just yeah felt like it wasn't the right time. Um, and then a few years later we do feel like it's the right time to start for
0: certain things. So. I love that. So give us, um, a little bit of the timeline, like what has the adoption process been like so far? When did you guys start? Obviously there's going to be this COVID right. element. So give us kind of like the, the string of timelines. Okay, so so
1: our timeline, um, is rather long <laughs> and not every story goes like this. Um, we did start, actually, about oh, at least six years ago. Um, oh, wow! But not necessarily. I'll kind of, I'll briefly, just briefly, about about the time our youngest turned one. She's seven and a half. She she tells everyone she's seven and a half. <laughs> um, about the time she turned one is when we started talking about it because I knew no matter what, how we decided to go about adoptions it was going to take some time. It's not just, you know, an instant thing. Right. So we started discussing it. And then um, by the time she was one and a half, we were really researching and doing a, a, like what type of adoption did we want to do? So at that time we decided we were going to try to adopt through South Korea and um, that didn't work out for us. We, we mm-hmm. tried a couple of times. We didn't get so far as to, like, applying with the country and stuff. There were just some reasons that did not uh, work for us. And um, their adoptions have slowed way down anyway, the amount of children that they adopt internationally outside of country adoption. Um, so that was a whole... Like two or three years process and season, Um, and did end in heartache for us because you know we we felt like God had. That's you know it wasn't just on a whim. We really did feel like that was the way, and that's where my husband was adopted from. So, um, so we kind of took a sabbatical or (laughs) a break from adoption. Yes, yes. Um, So. That was several years ago. And then in October of again into 2020. So in October of 2017, uh, we applied to adopt through Ghana. Uh, we didn't just this, I mean there were several months of making that decision, but so October 2017 we applied to adopt through Ghana, Africa. And at that time we did not know what was going on in the country exactly. I'm not sure that our agency knew what was going on in the country exactly with adoptions. So we unknowingly got caught in the middle of um, new laws being written and changed. Oh, yes. And in all honesty, in the big scheme of things, it's a good thing because the laws that were being written um, are made to be to protect the children, to have, you know, a lot more certainty that the children that are being adopted are legitimately orphans. And yes, (laughs) um, because just, I mean, a lot of countries are like, there's, there's corruption. Um, In most any country there is corruption that has to do with adoption. Some countries more than others and just ways of, you know, there weren't a lot of rules in place that really, made it, um, yes, we know that this child was adoptable, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, um, the, the laws, they were needed. It was a needed thing. Um, an important thing, but, um, it slowed our process down a a lot. Just Just a smidge. (laughs) A tiny bit. Yeah. That was October of 2017. We are now getting close to October of 2020. So almost three years. Mm -hmm. And, And we've gone month, like we've done months of being at a standstill because a law was supposed to be passed and it just took months and months um, and months to actually get passed through government. You know, when you, when right. government, most any government is involved, it can it is slow so. things down.
0: What are the yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, and through that, all there has been so much, um, our agency would get one word from the country. Um, And so they would tell us, oh, this is gonna happen soon. Or, I mean, I don't even know how many times I've been told, you guys will be traveling, you know, in the next month, by next month, multiple times.
0: Which is like not a small thing to prepare for either. Yes, correct. (laughs) Um, you have to be there for quite some time, yes, don't you? Have to stay there for a month. Um, <laughs> that's not just something you can get up right. and do, you have to. Oh, yeah, up.
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> we have gone through you know multiple times telling our jobs any second we could find out, you know, we're traveling and so how do we want to work, oh, work things while we're gone? Who's going to do our jobs? You know, trying to work out practical things, who's going to stay with our children, and then. And then, no, Uh, because things just go way slower than you think it's going to, or somebody says that this is going to happen, but then they find out from, I don't know, somebody higher, or, you know, I don't know how it works, but, oh, we know this still has to happen first, or this still has to happen first.
0: Um, Uh, So, like, a lot of hurry up and wait. Lots of it. (laughs)
1: Lots of it, which I knew... I knew that would be part of the journey. Um, and I thought I was, you know, you, it's just like, I mean, it's similar to having a baby of your own. You think you prepare yourself as best you can, you know, you read, you All read right. books, you hear stories from other people, uh, you prepare yourself, but there's still that, um, no, like you never know how your own delivery is going to go when you're having your a yeah, baby, every everybody's story is different. And so same thing with adoption, really, everyone's story is different. And I, I knew that there would be hard and difficult times. And I thought I was prepared for that, but going through it, I'd be like, I was not prepared for
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) This is way more than I (laughs) thought. This is not what I was prepared for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And how can you, I mean, it's hard to, pre- just like you're saying, just like with any way of adding a child to your family, there's almost no way to know exactly how it's going to play out. And, um, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, have you guys been matched with a child? Do you, are you like, wait, just waiting to go? Or what's, where are you at right
1: now? We have not been matched with a child. Uh, The way Ghana works is actually fairly different than a lot of other countries. Um, From what we've been told, we haven't been matched. So part of it is like, we'll see what actually happens when we get matched. right? (laughs) But all the way, this is a constant that hasn't changed. Lots of things have changed throughout our journey. Because even when we started, we originally we're only going to have to stay there for two weeks. But Not then it changed to three weeks and then a month. Um, Cause we go and foster our child actually. Like the child lives with us oh, wow. for that month. Um, that's yeah. nice. Um, so lots of things have changed, but the one thing that has stayed constant, so it gives me the hope and the thought that that's how it's going to work out um, is we will get matched with a child we have some time to look over the paperwork, make sure we feel like that match will work for us, um, which I have believed all along that our first match will be the match. And it will be it. it. Um, and I still believe that. So we'll do that. And then once we accept that match, once we say, yes, this is we want this to be our child, we travel in about two, one to two weeks after that.
0: Wow, so it's going to be like a roller coaster yes, once it happens. Yes, <laughs> um, and usually there's a lot more
1: time between when you're matched and when you go to the right. country. Um, so yeah, kind of it's like an all-in-one kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what we're preparing for.
0: If you've been following me on social media, you know I'm starting to share tips and tutorials on an online graphic design program called Canva. I discovered this program a few years ago, and since then I've used it professionally and personally to create visually stunning graphics with a level of efficiency I didn't even know was possible. Lately I've been seeing and speaking with content creators of all types and I've discovered that many of you share the same view about your visual presence online that I do. You want your online presence to be aesthetically pleasing, but your core mission is to share the love of Christ. And so that's what you want to spend your time doing. And I totally understand that. That's why I'm recommending Canva to you. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it and use it myself all the time. Because with Canva, you can create beautiful social media posts, shareable images and graphics for your online platforms. You can curate a web page with images and graphics that look like they were created by a professional graphic designer. And you can do all of this without it taking up all your time or busting your budget. I've seen the results and I know Canva works. I know that Canva's millions of built-in stock images and elements, free icons and shapes, photo filters, and hundreds of fonts are just what you need to level up your online presence from social media to your website and beyond. You can even use it to create quality printed content that is directly aligned with your brand. So head to my show notes and use the link to try Canva Pro free today for 30 days. I just know that you will be as hooked as I was and you'll be a Canva user for life. So that's why, I mean, that's when we talked about this before we ever did this interview, that's why I kind of have been calling this like the messy middle. Cause you're kind of like, you're living it right now. Like this Every story day. is definitely not tied off with a bow and, you know, I think like the reason why your story is so inspiring to me anyway, just for all the listeners to hear is because I think it takes tremendous faith to be able to be in the middle of something that's so not complete and so uncertain and still have the, the faith in God coming through that you do. I mean, that's, that is faith at its finest. That is faith at inaction and at work. And so I kind of want to hear from you what have you thought about how this whole experience has made your faith grow? Like, are there any verses that you've really tied to through this time? Is there anything in particular that you're like, oh, I have learned this about faith so much just through this experience?
1: Um, Well, I would say definitely I have grown in faith, but it's almost like a faith that I had that I didn't realize I had inside of. Oh yeah. <laughs> because looking from the outside in or when something something comes up it's the feels like the 100th time, it's the third time, whatever time that we think we're going or we think we're going to get a match or we think this is going to happen and then this that time frame comes up and it doesn't happen. After that happening so many times you tell like, like I can't do this. I cannot handle this. You know, like you tell you, yeah, you're like I do this yes. one more time. <laughs> you tell yourself I can't do this one more time, and then that one more time comes around, and
0: and you do it again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and I don't. I do not think that's just push through grit. You know, perseverance. Sure. Um, I really don't because some things you have to persevere through. There are so many emotions right. um, caught up in this. You can't just persevere through it all the time. The only thing right. you can do is grab onto God.
0: <laughs> and yeah, there's only so much we have in us on our yes, own. Yes,
1: <laughs> um, and times that you just grab on and say, "I can't do this, God." You know, you gotta help me. You gotta do it. And and yes, there because there were times um, after I would get past a you know, lots of mountains and valleys, I guess. So after I would get past a valley that I would be like in my head, I would be, if that happens again, if I come up to this point again, I just don't think I can do it. I don't think it's humanly possible. (laughs) I don't think I can handle it. Um, But then we come up to that point again. And once I was up at that point, it was hard. It was difficult. It was emotional, but it didn't feel like I can't do this again. You know, it felt like right. I can because God's got me, you know, he has a plan. Yeah. We started this because we felt like we had a plan. And um, so, yeah, I just, my faith has grown. I'm not even sure I know how to explain how um, it's just like every time you come up against that, it just, you know, more, There's it solidifies more, strengthens more. Um, and even this whole time, as even though it's been hard, ever, I've even told people after we have a disappointing meeting or whatever, um, I tell people, I, I'm not afraid that this isn't going to happen. Like God, there's right. no doubt in my mind of whether this is going to happen or not. It obviously it's not on our personal timeline. <laughs> it would have been over a long time ago if it was, um, right, but it, just that you know that trust in God um, has carried me through the whole time it has carried me through those mountains and those valleys over and over and over right um and each time strengthened a little bit more and more and more, and
0: more. well and it's like i think that i have not been through this experience but i would think that, it helps to be able to look at the, the little moments where God has come through along the way to say, to to kind of look at those as evidence that like, yeah, he he he's just going to come through again. Eventually, <laughs> it's just a matter of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, um well, I don't know. I don't think I can say it very eloquently, but it, it's almost like he has built, like kind of what you're saying. It's like he has built you up a little bit at a time to be able to get through just the next thing. But, uh, I think
1: that's an important point. But he doesn't get you know, every time, like I said, I get to that point that I go through that valley and go, I can't do this again. Right. right, you know. And the thing is he doesn't at in that moment he doesn't ask us to do it again. Right. You know, like exactly. and he oh, does enough. he doesn't even give us the grace in that moment to do what we need to do later on. You know what right. I mean? Like he doesn't just dump it. We have it all at once, and life is perfect, and we can just handle everything. You know, yes. like that's not that's not how it works. It's little, you know, little things
0: here and just there. to get through the next day. Really, mm-hmm. sometimes I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I think that you know we love control because we are people. So it's it's a hard thing to learn. But I also think it's a beautiful gift that he gives us because you know, it's, it's almost like it takes a weight off your shoulders because you don't have to worry about a month from now. You literally just have to do the next thing and get through the next thing. And then, you know, he's going to give you enough to get through it without having to worry about the whole thing. It's like, I, the best example I have is my son is one and he is trying to figure out the whole walking thing but he has the chubbiest little legs and that's just a challenging thing. But I would never expect him to like run across the living room right now. You know, I just, I try to help him take one step. And I feel like that's what God does for us. And it's hard to accept, but it's a gift.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. And I think that applies to so many aspects of life, you know, Um, not just our adoption, but anything we're going through really pretty much. He's not asking us to go. To do, You know, like we have same kind of thing, even with being overwhelmed, we put some pressure on ourselves, you know, so yes, same kind of thing, so like even with this, like I have to be able to do this or I have to be able to handle all of this, like no matter yeah. what this adoption journey brings, I have to be able to handle it. Well, yeah, it, in a sense, that's true, but you don't have to be able to handle it all right now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And like, you, um, don't able, you, you don't have to be able to handle it all by yourself. But, so
0: yeah, so tr- it's like a lesson in surrender because it's like it it is just like taking that burden off of our shoulders, but it we I almost think sometimes especially as Christians, we want to look like we can handle it all because we think it somehow makes us look like a good Christian. Yeah, I don't know. put together, but, yeah. Yeah, we're together and like, yeah, I just like I just pray through it and everything's great. But but it's like it's okay that it's not. That only shows his power all the more.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, something else I've discovered uh, that I think has also helped my faith grow throughout, like, not only do I not have to do it in myself, you know, because God, I mean, he's the one that helps us through it. He's, that's that's what faith, that's what faith is, you know, believing in him, that he's going to take care of you. But also I've learned that on those days that I just feel like I can't do it. You know, the the day you get the news or the day something tragic in your life happens or something overwhelming or whatever. I had friends around me and family around me that could carry it for me on those days. that's such a good point. You know, if I had a day that maybe I didn't believe this was gonna happen (laughs) ever, or I would, Um, you know, I'll just like, whatever. I, you know, someday it'll happen or, you know, just because my emotions couldn't handle it. Um, you know, I had my mom or had other people that could speak life into me and like, you know, it is, God has a plan and he put this on your heart for, you know, for a reason. And their faith was able to help build my faith and even carry me, you know, through that moment. So, so, Again, that's kind of surrender vulnerability. It's very much yeah. you know, vulnerability, but it's okay. Like that's, that's God created relationships. He created people to do those things for each other. So when you are feeling broken and when you're feeling down and you're feeling like you just can't do one more day, um, surrounding yourself with people that can help you do that one more day or help yeah. you through that
0: day. I always think about I'm going to butcher this because now it's like leaving my brain. It's nighttime and I like can't my brain is operating at like 30 percent right now. But um, I can't remember if it's you might remember if it's Abraham or Moses. But when he's trying to pray and he's been praying for like hours and hours and hours and they come yeah, alongside him. And hands, literally yeah, it's Moses. Yeah, Moses. yeah, Moses. OK, <laughs> thank you. I couldn't remember which one I was like, you were at a Bible college. you know, you'll know. <laughs> Um but that's just one of my favorite biblical pictures of exactly what we're talking about because, I mean, oh, we need those people big time, especially when we're walking these roads like what you're doing right now.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, it, we need to accept that. We need to be able to yeah. accept that as a good thing, not as I'm not, you know, I couldn't handle it on my own. But yeah. as... Yeah.
0: That's how God meant for it to be. For us to be there for each other. Yeah, we're not expected to, nor is it even best if we do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what advice do you have for other people? You're kind of touching on this a little bit, but what advice do you have for other people who are either looking to adopt or who are just in like a season similar to yours of this whole being in the messy middle?
1: Um, well, specifically for other people that would be looking to adopt. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, I would encourage you to, yes, consider it, to look into it. And none of this is meant to scare anyone off. <laughs> um, it's horrible. Run away. Yeah. I mean, my story, our story is very different, you know, than anyone, yeah. you know, everyone has their own story. Um, but I would also encourage you as you're looking into it to really educate yourself on, adoption and what it is and what it means to the child even because something that I've learned throughout this journey I mentioned that I wanted to adopt when I was in high school right um I just always have and when I was in high school to be honest sometimes it's a little bit hard for me to say this because I feel bad for feeling this way but that's just where I was I had um when I was in high school I had what we call a savior mentality Um, and just, you know, I'm going
0: to save all the children of the world and, you know, these poor
1: children. And
0: um, yes, I've been in this place. I think this is very relatable. So I'm glad you're sharing this actually.
1: Um, And so just being married to my husband, who is an adoptee and doing lots of research and reading lots of things and listening to podcasts from adoptees, just all kinds of things. A lot of it learning from my husband. Um, I discovered, I learned how much um, trauma there is in adoption, right. how much hurt, um, that it's not all like, okay, you had this hard life. Now I'm going to come and save you. And it's just, it's yeah. going to, it's going to be better. I'm perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to love you so much that it's just, you know, like this child has had, no matter what their story is, every child has a different story, you know, no matter if there was physical abuse in it or if a parent died or, right. if, you know, if there was no abuse and the parent just decided they couldn't raise their child um, and, you know, wrote, wrote away their rights. Um, whatever the story is, there is brokenness because they they have a mother. They have, every yeah. child has a mother and that mother doesn't just disappear, even if they never meet them. in life again, my husband right. um, will, unless some DNA, you know, stuff comes around, he'll probably never meet his mother. Um, cause there are not records for him. That's not something some adoptees can, he, he can't. Um, and, but he has a mother, he ha you know, he had a mother, he has a mother still. Um, and, he was in that mother's womb for nine months, you know, or however many months, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> until they were born. Um, and there, there is that connection, and there, you know, and so there is always brokenness, um, and children have to work through that. And for some children, it's harder than others. And yeah, um, so just like not to make things depressing, or but I really think. <laughs> no. I really think any, any person, any parent um, considering adoption, they need to open their eyes to that and know that that's a a reality. That's a reality. It's just, it's the truth. And you can't pretend otherwise. It hurts the child if you pretend otherwise, you know? Yeah,
0: that's very well said.
1: Um, So that would just be an encouragement that, you know, that I would just get out there and start talking to other people that have adopted other people that other adoptees that grew up that way listening um learning there's facebook groups there's you know all kinds of things just so that you know what you're getting in the realities of what you're getting
0: into well i think that that helps assure like a more successful experience too i mean just knowing kind of what you're going to be looking at yes
1: yeah i feel like it should i feel like it should and some people adopt not realizing how much trauma can be involved. And so yeah. when, they, when they bring the child home and things don't go great because of this trauma, this child has gone through. Sure. Um, parents don't know how to react. They don't know how to help their child. Um, and so it just snowballs, you know, downward. Yeah. Whereas if you, Again, it's like any story—you can't 100% be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Never, but you can have some tools in your pocket that, yeah. Okay, if we get home and my child is showing these signs of things, or I can go to this person, or I can use this. Um, you know, we could—a therapist might be a good option for us. Right. Or like, there are things out there that could help it be successful, and people just. They don't think about those things, so they're not prepared. And then when they get home and have no idea that's how it was going to be, things just, everyone just kind of freaks out.
0: Well, you're busy and it's all in the moment. And so just having the resources ahead of time to know what to do.
1: Yes, yes. So for um, adoptive parents, that's something I would strongly suggest. Um, I love that.
0: That's great advice.
1: Yeah. And for those, whether you are adopting and you're in the messy middle just like me (laughs) because there are many others aren't we Um, all kind of in the messy middle I guess (laughs) and yeah and I was gonna say for those not adopting um feeling like you're in the messy middle (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think that can be most of us um oftentimes honestly especially right yeah right (laughs) and especially right now we've been in the middle of all this COVID stuff and then getting yeah. back into the new school year and that has been messy. Yeah,
0: but if you want to know what messy middle is, go to like a high school right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that has been messy for for parents, for kids, for teachers, so for
1: everyone. For administration, just, it's messy right now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so, one thing is, it's okay to be in the messy middle. Like mm. I think just ex- not necessarily accepting the way things are and just being complacent and not caring. Sure. That's not what I mean, but not stressing so much over it has to be this way or I'm not doing good enough or yes. cause that just makes you more stressed out and freaked out and not having faith in God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in those moments, you are not relying on God whatsoever. Um, and so I think just accepting like, yeah, we're, it's in a, we're in a messy spot. It's It's a little messy right now. It's a little messy right now. It's hard. Things are hard right now and accepting that like, that's okay. That things are hard right now, but then knowing where to turn, you know, Yeah, knowing, I love love that. Knowing where to turn to God, um, to your friends that can lift you up and encourage you. um, That's how
0: you get through the messy. (laughs) That's how we travel through this mess that we're, all traveling through. <laughs> I love that. And I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you for all your great advice too. I feel like I, I feel encouraged. I'm oh. ready to take on <laughs> the messy middle of raising a one-year-old. So <laughs> oh, Good. <laughs> Cause you're um, going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen whether I uh, want to or not, <laughs> but I do want to, I love it, but I always wrap up in the same way every time. And I think honestly, it's just become really fun for me. But I ask people to tell me what are three things that they're loving right now. So this could be non-faith related, faith related, a product, something you're doing, huge variety. I always get lots and lots and lots of variety, but honestly, it just turns me on to a lot of good products. So I keep yes. asking it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I am a lover of podcasts. So uh, listen to several different podcasts. So your New Podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I listen to some adoption podcasts. I listen yeah. to some blogging podcasts. And just uh I guess I don't really listen to like blogging specifically podcasts. Most of them are more like entrepreneurial um, yeah. business yeah, yeah, type yeah. blog um podcasts. Um some mom podcast usually t- more podcasts than I can actually get through
0: <laughs> right you're digesting a lot <laughs> yes um
1: but I very much I, I enjoy it and let's see I wish I would have brought well it doesn't matter nobody can actually see me except for you <laughs> so, yeah that's true but um something I discovered this summer that I am in love with is called the naked bee it's a brand of Lotion, and they have shampoo, and conditioner, and several products, beauty products, or whatever. Um, and I discovered it on the land on vacation this summer. Um, their hand and body lotion is what I picked up, and it's literally the best lotion I have ever used. Oh man, I'm always looking a for lotion. <laughs> It's just my husband picked it up from me at a gas station of all places. <laughs> this must be like a chic gas station to carry this. Yeah, this, is a, this
0: is a fancy gas station yeah. we're talking about. Right.
1: Um, and it's just like, it's super creamy, but not sticky at all. You know, like, oh just, it oh, man. In real, I personally love the scent. It is a little bit strong, but I mean, they have different scents, but I have a, well, yeah. a honey orange blossom one
0: um oh I'm definitely gonna have to try this yeah well
1: and even on vacation I got a really bad sunburn didn't have aloe an or anything it was itching and her. and so finally I was like I'm gonna try my lotion I'm probably gonna regret it because it's gonna burn, yes, like it always burn. Uh, but I was like I'm gonna try it I just have to I did and it was like the best thing ever I was like what is going on so found I magic lotion well <laughs> I turned the bottle around and looked at the ingredients, and the second ingredient on the list is aloe. So, I'm like, what? Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, I need to get this. Yeah, sure. it's like this, you know, all natural. They advertise as, you know, all the yeah. good. Their slogan is all the good stuff, none of the yucky stuff, or, or none of the bad stuff, or something like that, you know. So oh, love that. When aloe is the second ingredient say I agree with that yeah yeah that's pretty good yeah so I will put a plug in for Teak's shoes if you've never tried them I've
0: heard of them I've heard of them and I have literally been looking at them for probably four years but they're just like I haven't decided if they're worth it you know for me, they're worth it.
1: They are the love of my life. I hate to say that. My husband is the love of my life, but <laughs> <laughs> um, they're so cute. So yeah, they are really cute. stuff. They um, are, are super comfortable. I would say when you put, when I first put them on, I was a tiny bit disappointed because you don't put them on and you're like, Ugh. These are the yeah most comfortable shoes I've ever <laughs> worn because it's not the soles aren't like cushiony necessarily it right it's not They're like, like supportive. yes but I can wear those things for hours and hours and hours and really baby, oh yes they have proven themselves so it's not like you put them on and you're like oh this is the best thing I've ever put on my foot uh-huh. like a slipper would be or you know something real cushy but um the way they support and hold up and um, yeah, I, I can stand on my feet all day long. I've gone miles, walked around New York City with them. What? Yep, yep, eighteen miles.
0: See, I've heard Girl. these raving reviews about Teaks, and I've just always been like, "Oh, these people are just being paid to say it, this." And they like,
1: are. They are not. Teaks does not do that anymore. I checked with them.
0: Really? <laughs> you were like, "Can I
1: please?" Sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. Sure enough, they don't <laughs> do that anymore. They're just. Good enough on their own.
0: <laughs> They're like, no, these, these are pretty amazing. Now, well, they so. have all
1: these raving reviews. They don't need, you know. Yeah. Sometimes people do it because I, so yes, um, they are not cheap. And I will not tell oh. you, I will not reveal how many pairs I own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just one, right? Of course, obviously. <laughs> right. I will say
1: that the majority of them have been at least partially gifted. So, you know.
0: Well, and like they're, they're for. I don't know if we ever specified this, but for people that don't know what they are, I mean, they're flats. So you can yeah. wear them in a variety of ways. You they're can. very versatile Yes.
1: Um, I feel like they are worth the cost to me. I converted my mother. She She's a fan. She loves them. Um, they are addicting. So once you get one and decide you love them, then you want every single pattern
0: available. Yeah, they come out in cute patterns every season. And that's yeah. what. I usually get like a targeted ad, and then I'm like, oh, now I got to go look again. Yeah. Also, as soon as we wrap up this interview, you better believe I'm going to go look at their new fall patterns. So. <laughs>
1: um, so anyway, I will just say it. it is worth it to me. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you
0: so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I. I, like I said before, I love your story and I, I'm so glad you shared it. Cause I think that not everyone's adopting right now, but you're in a very like relatable place for a lot of us. And it's important to share the vulnerable moments. So I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Jenny, what an honor it was to sit with you and hear your story and words of wisdom. For those walking the road of adoption right now, your strength and courage is such an inspiration. We are praying for you as you add to your family in this beautiful way. For the rest of us just over here living in the messy middle, what an encouragement Jenny is to share her journey with such transparency. Don't we all need a Jenny in our lives to help us walk these hard roads with such faith and hope? I loved when she said that she has grown in faith during this season of adopting, but really she's been realizing she has a faith inside of her that she didn't even know she had. I love this so much because it's the perfect example of God's steadfast love. We have all we need. We're always equipped, whether we realize it or not, and the messy middle is no exception. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. Next episode, I'll be chatting with E.B. Hepworth, creator of the Raising Worth podcast, which is all about raising worth through the power of family. We're going to be chatting about miracles, and I cannot wait for you to join us in that conversation. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Erin Trimble, and show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening, friends. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.